This episode is brought to you by a brand new online discussion forum for documentary film enthusiasts, or really anyone curious about the world. The Walt, aka Watch and Learn Theater, is a free online community and discussion forum that's delivered straight to your email inbox or the Substack app. But for $5 a month, you get access to the back catalog, bonus content, and input on future documentary film recommendations. Sign up at thewalt.substack.com and we can watch and learn together. Hi, Mary. Oh, Grace! Oh, Grace! See? She's talking. It could be a real miracle. A real miracle, me mama. Oh, Grace! You think so, Becca? I do. Oh, I was blinded by the blue of Mary's cloak when I was just seven years old. I've been praying to her ever since. Sure has paid off, hasn't it? It sure has. Oh, Grace! We hear you loud and clear, Mary. You know what? Why don't you two sit over there? Perfect. Oh, wow. You two look just like a holy card. We do? Oh, just wait till you see this picture. Oh, Grace! She likes you, Becca. Oh, and I like her, too. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhood Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters, Crab Claw Crackers, and Pit Beef Barbecuers. This is Ruined Childhoods. Last time, we were in the bedroomed in Maine, and on this episode, we're bopping down the East Coast to the Old Line State. Have you ever been a president visiting Camp David? You've been here. Are you the Star Spangled Banner? You were written here. And are you Cisco? You just may have seen your first thong and sang your first song here. Annapolis is the capital, Fort McHenry is its most popular tourist attraction, and Baltimore is its most populous city, and also the setting for this week's movie. That's right, we are in Maryland celebrating the 1998 John Waters comedy, Pecker. Dan, before I introduce our guest, I need to know, are you full of grace? John, I am full of grace, pit beef, pubic hair, and Pecker, and just uh, excitement to talk about Baltimore. Uh, pubic hair is illegal, Dan. Our first guest is, uh, is somebody I've been actually following on social media for probably well over a decade. Uh, back in the days when Twitter was fun and called Twitter, uh, our guest went by Maryland Mudflap and wasn't only super funny, but also very kind. Uh, he would randomly ask strangers for their mailing addresses and send physical postcards to those who responded. And I got one once and it made my day when that happened. Uh, and it turns out that the guy behind that anonymous Twitter account was television and film writer Scotty Landis, who now also co-hosts one of my favorite podcasts, Bananas. I'm holding up my Bananas uh, right now. And I'm wearing my Bananas socks. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the best in the biz. <laughs> Yeah. Scotty, thanks for uh, for joining us to talk Maryland movies and Pecker. I could not be happier to talk about Maryland, what I consider a, a top 10 state in the United States. Uh, and I love John Waters. And I really love Pecker. I find that it's one of his most watchable movies that you can understand what's happening the entire way through. Yeah, you know, and we're going to definitely dig way more into Pecker. I got to say, as I was like uh, getting ready for this podcast, I looked to see what other podcasts were talking about Pecker. And there were only a couple and nobody seemed to like it. And I was like, what's wrong with you people? This movie's so damn fun. Everything. Everything is wrong with them. And we are going to. But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on how great Pecker is and how awesome John Waters is. It is great, though. It's a. Like, I think that the performances are all really fun and good. Like, there's so many fun actors in there. And I thought, like, Ed Furlong was good as Pecker. I was like, I like this guy. He's fun. I actually, I just rewatched Terminator 2 because I was just, like, feeling the furlong. And it's like, man, he's, he really brings it. I know that, like, American History X was the same year as Pecker. And when you see him show up in things, it's just like, ah, good. There he is. He's He's doing it. Talk yeah. about 
talk about polar opposite characters you from a neo-nazi to pecker this who sees the, the best sweetest in everything boy. and yeah, yeah the sweetest little boy it's really yeah. true and he's like i think one of the reasons that people might not like john waters films even films like pecker and serial mom that are a little more mainstream uh is because even those movies they take times just to have fun silly scenes yeah um they have asides and jokes and non sequiturs that are purely for pure john waters lovers and so they're it the the movies don't like build and you don't feel that sort of like oh this is the midpoint and this is the second midpoint and now right. we're entering act three and there's this big finale it's more about like this hangout with these weirdo characters but pecker also has a story and like it's also great he, he gets plucked from obscurity i'm sure it was slightly autobiographical for john and he starts to lose track of what matters to him and then he has to win it all back i i love it i was so happy to watch it again yeah i remember when they were filming yeah. it in maryland when i was a kid and i remember people okay let's extras. talk about that yeah Let's before we like go deep deep into Pecker, which is a fun sentence to That's say. That's right, hard to do. Uh, okay, oh, so how how long were you living in Maryland? I lived there till I went to college. So I grew. I was born in Towson. Uh, my uncle Chris went to high school with John Waters at the same time. No shit. Um, but I am born and raised in Maryland, and I left uh, around two thousand to go to college. Wow. Okay. So. You remember this being filmed at the time. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was while you were in high school, theoretically. Yes. It was, I remember knowing about John Waters uh, in the 90s, uh, just trying to be cool. You know, just grunge era was taking off. And I can remember Hairspray was sort of always around that. And Pink Flamingos mm -hmm. and the plastic Pink Flamingos are still around Baltimore all the time. So I was aware of him, but I remember them shooting this. I remember hiring people going and being extras, even like kids my age. And I also remember the trailer in theaters and thinking Pecker was a really funny title for a movie as a young yeah. boy. It being marketed as John Waters Pecker. John Waters Pecker. Right. Of yeah. course. Well, kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about maybe people finding uh, this movie, you know, not sitting well with them. I think that what you have to do when you watch a movie like this, or really any John Waters movie is to like put yourself into a John Waters mindset mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you know that like, this is, this is going to be a movie where I, uh, you know, the, the downtrodden and the filthy are celebrated yes. and, uh, and it, it has a very anti-establishment sentiment essentially. It does. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. have to just get yourself, you have to forget everything about like, you know, Hollywood movies. And, you know, before this one, Serial Mom came out. And I feel like that's where it was just like, okay, we're getting more high profile actors. We got yes. Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're blending them in with like the mink stoles of the John Waters world. Yeah. And the Patricia Hearsts and things like that. It was cool. I think that's why it works. Yeah. And there, if you've ever listened to a John waters audible like if you've ever listened to his audiobooks uh and when he reads his own books like then you go back and watch his movies you can hear his voice so much like christina ricci has a line in pecker where she's like talking about how she should be back at the laundromat and that you don't know her customers kind of when they're at the nightclub at like the b cafe in new yeah. york after pecker's mm -hmm. big successful show and then she's like you don't understand my customers she's like they're probably peeing in the machine pissing in the machines and i'm like <laughs> It, you can just hear John Waters typing it and hearing it in his own head being said. So I laugh twice as hard knowing what he's doing. Right. That's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of lines. I feel like, yeah, she she also, she has the dialogue. And I love with another thing I love about Pecker, and he doesn't do this as much in his other films, but having the, those visual effects as she's talking about, you know, the piss stains. The and beauty the of marks and the all best. that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's all the, art. Yeah, yes, yeah, it it's great. Yeah, I love it. I, it's so much fun. I I I keep on wanting to like take a beat before getting into the movie. It's so hard to do that. But I just want to know also just about like living in Maryland. Sure. And uh, you know, of course, there were John Waters movies being made. Uh, when Dan and I were trying to decide what movie to cover for the state of Maryland, Barry Levinson was mm -hmm. kind of like neck and neck. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about 
um, Tin Men and Diner. And uh, I'd also love to know, you know, for you, uh, of course, John Waters is one filmmaker, but for you as somebody who's like a, a writer, mm-hmm. how aware were you of some of the other productions that were happening in the state at the time? I was a little bit aware, but, you know, it, it was... I knew a lot of people that were extras when they did the, I think it was Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves movie, The Replacements. I think that's what it was yeah. called, the football player, where like yeah. the league was on right. strike. They shot that in Maryland, and a lot of people, including my brother-in-law, were extras where they would just go sit and be fans, and they'd rotate you, and they'd pay you. And it was like you know a four-week job or whatever just to sit and be like, yay! So I knew a little bit. Uh, I had one friend in high school whose dad was an actor named terry o'quinn who was john Locke oh, on yeah. lost and of he's course. a great actor great character actor so yeah. i would stay at their house and party at their house and you know spend the night over there so we weren't completely removed my family has nothing to do with the industry whatsoever my parents weren't in the biz or anything like that but it was around and i think it's because baltimore is an art town there's a good music scene mm-hmm. there's a good art scene there's a good mm-hmm. theater scene and also, we're between D.C. and New York. So there's a lot of political thrillers. New York, obviously, is New York. So you're close. You're always within 150 miles of films being made, basically. Philadelphia, yeah, also sure. super close. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have any, like, uh, I guess the replacements being one, but were there other movies maybe where you were perhaps a little bit closer to it. Maybe you were in consideration for being an extra. Did that ever happen? Yes. I, when I was 21, I went and auditioned for the movie Annapolis, which was a um, Tyrese, Jordana Brewster. Is that James Franco? James, James Franco. Franco. Yeah. yeah. And I got hired as a kind of it was basically a principal extra which is a little different than extra where i had to go to philadelphia they shot it in philly and go to like a week of boot camp and they were gonna shave our heads and then as opposed to just being an extra i was going to be in charge of like a group of extras that like a little platoon or whatever so i had to get like three different fittings of your your navy whites and your whatevers and then uh on the second day of boot camp driving up from baltimore to philly in the morning and then it was at some old armory and you check in and then they would treat you like you you know you had to do push-ups and you had to fall into formation and, and learn how to <laughs> you had to learn how to march and we had to run like kind of wimpy crappy uh like obstacle courses but the best was uh so i had to kind of be like yell stuff and they'd yell stuff back and tyrese comes over and I didn't know Tyrese. I thought Tyrese was like a singer or like an RB singer. Uh-huh. I didn't know yeah. that he was an actor really at that point. Uh, and he was like in character. He was like trying to be like method, like I'm training military recruits. You guys are a bunch of plebes. And he was screaming at the extras who were getting like $86 a day or whatever it was. Yeah. And he was like, and so I laughed because he was yelling at, women just yelling at a woman that probably lived nearby in philadelphia that just needed a paycheck and thought it'd be cool to be in a movie and he saw me laugh but i didn't laugh like ha 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 i just kind of like went and he he Mm -hmm. just singled me out and he knew i was like one of the slightly elevated roles and he's like i see you laughing i see you smirking i see you smirking back there you're not gonna ruin this for me when i say Ten, oh god what did he have to say but then he was like i want you to put your thumb on the seam of your pants and when i say this i want you to cock and drive your heel in and he was like yelling specifically at me which made me laugh even more and so (laughs) then we were eating lunch one day and they were they had cameras set up and that one at a time they were taking extras specifically extras to go get their head shaved and I was like, oh, cool. This is when I'll get on camera, like the single on my face. Yeah. Everybody that knows me will be like, there's Scotty. And then I saw like a parade, like one of the probably the second AD clearly was like, that guy's got an afro. That guy's got a redhead afro. That guy's got a mohawk. That And they were like shaving heads. And I realized that me with like a very normal white guy, number four haircut was never going to make the cut. And then between getting yelled at by Tyrese and waking up every morning at like 4.30 a.m. to drive and that, I was like, you know, why am I doing this? I don't even want to be an actor. Uh 
Like if I had any aspirations to be an actor, I would have stuck with it. So I just finished out the day, signed out, drove back and just yeah. never went again. And <laughs> there was one wide shot, I guess, in some point in the movie where they were shooting us like training in the boot camp in gray sweatpants or whatever. <laughs> and apparently I somebody saw me in it once and was like, was that you? And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think it was. So that uh -huh. was my experience on Naples. I got the paycheck. There and you, go. you got a free lunch. Yeah. You yeah. honorably discharged yourself. Yes, I did. Yeah. I was happy to leave with all my. Yeah, they shaved my head because I did stay at the end of the day and it, and I didn't get on oh, camera. Free haircut. Free haircut. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other one that I should mention is Blair Witch. Blair Witch was when yeah. I was in high school and we thought it was real because they released it in Baltimore first. And so we thought nobody had ever seen found footage in my friend group. And they played it, I think, at the Charles Theater. And uh, people were crying and screaming. And I know a girl whose father was a powerful lawyer in Baltimore. And she ran out in the middle of the thing and called her dad and said, you have to call the police. These people are missing. And uh, we all left not knowing if it was real or not. Right. Wasn't that wild? That was best. such a wild time. That was amazing. Was I best. remember hearing about it when it first came mm. out and, and hearing about similar stories, if not that actual story. Uh, but yeah, and then people said, yeah, no, no, no. It's They found these VHS tapes in the woods. Yeah. Crazy. Also, I went back and watched it last year, and the setup mm. of that movie where they're just talking to local people in Burkittsville and they kind of, the, those are just regular people and they're excellent. Those yeah. like locals, the way they tee up, like, yeah, I don't know. Kids used to go up there and there was a woman and all these things are covered in fur and they were standing in the corner. Like they do it in this right. really smart way where they do set up the horrific finale, but they're so casual in Maryland about it. And the, they is the best. You know, I I haven't watched it since the first time, and I I haven't watched it since the first time, and I I know that like if I go back, I'll be like, oh okay, yeah, all right, we were yeah. being prepared for that, yeah. Ooh, it's really good, yeah. and I it holds up. It's still so scary. If anything, mm -hmm. they're meaner to the woman character who I think is Michelle, but they're meaner to her than I remembered. Like they're really mm -hmm. being shitty to her. Uh, which is good. It creates this even greater tension. Like I, I didn't realize back then how much they were like bullying her and thought she was an idiot because she's the director. But mm -hmm. the, the one thing yeah. I will say is they, the grassroots campaign of that, I know there was some stuff online, but personally I went fishing about a year before out in near Harper's Ferry. So I was in near where Blair and Burkittsville and all that's supposed to be. I was in that part of sort of Appalachia and went inside my friend my friend was driving i went inside a little um gas station to get a coke for both of us and on a chalkboard it said beware of the blair witch so i think that they had been sending people out to just write like hey can we do this and so i had heard of the blair witch a year ahead of time without knowing what it was i mentioned it to my friend jason he was like yeah i don't know what the hell that is so they were planting right. seeds like it, you can't do it today with the internet. Well, no, not like absolutely that. not. That's too bad. I feel like the closest that we get to that kind of like amazing marketing is like, oh, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? Like it's things like that where it's Pretty just good. like, that's the best we're going to get for a while now that we have the internet, I guess, because you're not going to get that Blair Witch magic that's anymore. No, it was a special time. <laughs> but yeah, I was aware of I was aware of filming. It didn't feel impossible. Yeah. I'm sure it's part of the reason I ended up being a screenwriter. Is it didn't feel yeah. so far away. Uh-huh. And I know that uh well, clearly the machine isn't set in Maryland. Mm -mm. Where was Ma set? It was set in Maryland, and I don't it know was. why they changed it. It it so oh, I wrote it about it. my high school Franklin High. And they put it in Ohio for absolutely no reason because they shot it in Mississippi. So I don't know if somebody was making creative decisions to try to get writing credits on the script. But something mm. happened where I wrote it from my high school experience of going to parties and hanging out in minivans. And yeah, so it was set in Maryland. It was supposed to take place at my high school. 
Have you written other things that have been set there? I do. I do yeah. put a lot of things. I've done two pilots that didn't get picked up to series. One was about kids that go to Maryland Institute College of Art. And oh, cool. that one I wrote years ago. And I thought it was great because I had friends that did go to MICA. And they were all such great, wonderful weirdos. I just thought it was a great world. And then... I have a pitch that I'm going to take out this year that it, it's in a mid-Atlantic small town, but I'm not going to name it, but it's going to be in Maryland. It won't say Maryland specifically, cool. but I like the fun of being like, ah, could be Pennsylvania, could be Delaware. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I have enough yeah. Maryland pride to put stuff in. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Love well, it. shall we yeah. dive into Pecker a little bit more? I'd love to. Why don't I give a little synopsis for anybody who perhaps hasn't seen it? Because it's not easy to find or to watch. So uh, for anybody who's unfamiliar with Pecker, uh, Pecker is a teenager with a deep admiration for his corner of Baltimore and demonstrates his natural photographic talents by showing his work at the sandwich shop where he works part time. His favorite subjects are his neighbors and strangers, both willing and unaware. His shoplifting, his shoplifting best friend, Matt laundromat-owning girlfriend Shelly, and his loving and supportive family. His mom runs the thrift store, where the unhoused go to feel attractive and important. His father owns a bar that's doing poorly thanks to a new nearby strip club that shows illegal pubic hair. Pecker also has two sisters. Little Chrissy is addicted to sugar, and Tina works at a bar that caters to gay men and features male dancers in their tidy whities Pecker also lives with his Mimama, who spends her days slinging pit beef sandwiches and communicating with a particularly chatty statue of the Virgin Mary. Scotty, we're going to come back to pit beef sandwiches. I've got questions for you about that. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. (laughs) When Pecker's work is seen by Rory, a New York gallerist, she is immediately taken by his vision and offers Pecker a show at her gallery. The art world goes wild for Pecker's vision of Baltimore, and he becomes the biggest name in street photography. However, Pecker's overnight fame isn't received well by the subjects of his photos. Not only do critics see them as ghouls, but they are now aware of how they could be seen by outsiders. Matt's shoplifting career is in jeopardy. Shelley's laundromat is attracting creeps. Little Chrissy's ADHD is called out, and Tina's bar gets outed as a venue for the forbidden act of public teabagging, despite <laughs> Tina's best efforts to keep the dancers in no line. Tea we'll come back to that, too. But what the art world doesn't expect is for Pecker to turn down a show at the Whitney to protect the honor... Uh, to protect and honor the value of his quaint and quirky Baltimore neighborhood. I uh, wanted to talk really quick about teabagging. Did you know? Okay, so Scotty, something that we we love on this podcast yeah. is how uh, movies have kind of created a legacy of their own in terms of like uh, either coined or popularized like words or phrases. Of course, yeah, sure. And teabagging was you know, a subculture kind of a thing that existed before Pecker, but Pecker is what got it out into the world. Great. And now it's been embraced by like the video game community, which is I that true? didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, what? I guess in the in the game Halo, it's like something that you do is you teabag people. Fine. And it's kind of lived on from there. So it all kind of What's the button you know, combination came... to teabag though? I That's wonder. right. <laughs> Jeez. It's so funny. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's like a legacy that John would be proud of, I think. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Didn't you and think? And how great. Sorry, oh, Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, how great is Martha Plimpton in Amazing. this? Yeah. I didn't even recognize her until she, there's a take where she looks directly into camera and yells something. Oh. And I was like, oh, it's Martha Plimpton. She's, it's maybe one of my favorite roles of hers. And she has so many good ones. But um, what I was going to say is like Pecker. So. For those who haven't seen it, Pecker walks around with like a little 35 millimeter camera and especially in the intro and is just constantly shooting photos of everybody, mostly candids. And it's really funny. And then they show so many of them in the galleries or or in newspapers. And there were so many framed photos in this movie that I was like, I want that. I was Googling the entire I was on my phone the entire time watching the movie, trying to find the original frames and I'm sure John has them because yeah. he, you know, John takes a Polaroid photo of every single person that comes into his house. Everybody. It doesn't matter if you're Leonardo DiCaprio. It doesn't matter if you're the mayor. It doesn't matter if you're the plumber or the guy doing tree work. And I, I was lucky enough to go over there for a Christmas party and I got a picture. He has a Polaroid camera and he's like stops you right when you walk in and he takes a photo of you. And I was with my friend Carl. So it was one of me and then one of me with Carl. And he just 
you know, when Polaroid, when film cameras started going away a lot because of digital cameras, I know he bought like tons of Polaroid film just so he could keep Good. it going. And it's, he has certain rooms in his house, like uh, on the third floor of his house, he has this one room where he just has some of his favorite ones. And it'll be like he and Tracy Lords on a Polaroid. He, there was one that was Leonardo DiCaprio and like Mark, Wal- Mark Wahlberg. But when he got cool, when John Waters somehow became sort of mainstream cool, when indie film became cool, you yeah. could see like from his parties and the people coming over, he just he has this collection of photographs that is one day going to be the thing where you have to probably pay like $500 just to look at him for an hour. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. He'll have a show at the Whitney. Yeah, I wish. And so <laughs> I, the whole time I'm like, there's a teabagging shot, which is like tidy whitey and like nuts in a guy's face from the side. And I was trying to find the original. I want oh. that prop so bad. How great would that be? Oh, because that guy looks so happy in that picture too. Like he's just in heaven with those <laughs> he balls does. on his yeah. forehead. Really I also does. love the the little Chrissy with the sugar. That's so good. It's great. I mean, they're a all, vegan they're for all a while. so it's, good. It's great. I, and I was mm-hmm. thinking, and you, I mean, I've been vegan for almost 15 years. This may have been the first time I heard the word vegan was from this movie. So it hit like, you. It you were a young man when this came yeah. out, and it really <laughs> the affected you. The seed was planted. You. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, who knew? Who knew? Yes. Uh, little Chrissy. And I love so, Christina yeah, Ricci. She was like, she was in that in-between phase where people were like, is she going to? be a child actor or she's gonna have her adult career and like what a perfect yeah. role for her she's good in it she's good in everything she's but she's so really good in this movie yeah. mary Kay place so good i think this was also the same year for christina ricci as the opposite of sex which was also mm. it was kind of her like no i am not this is not casper anymore right, right. i'm not wednesday i'm not not a child yeah right yeah, yeah. i think I that mean, she was 18 when this came out something like that i mean yeah, what a what a fascinating transition. She's the and then best. Black Snake Moan comes out shortly after, I believe, and yeah, they're they're she, all. I mean, yeah, just the cast across the board from the the name actors to people like I love Outsider Al and Miss Betty. Mm-hmm. Those performers, mm-hmm. oh, they're wonderful. The, yeah, Brandon uh, Sexton the third. We all love Brandon Sexton the third as we, Matt, the shoplifting course. best friend. Anybody yeah. who loves 1996 through 1999 cinema must love Brandon Sexton the third. Well, I looked at it and he is very active. Yes, He's he been still works. Working constantly, yeah. So, oh, yeah. you might not recognize him anymore, but you know, no, playing but that was a, when, a shoplifter at this time in his life did did with him this some and good. like Welcome to the Dollhouse. Like yeah. that was that was like this was his time. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the 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 Brendan Sex in the Third trilogy of Welcome to the Dollhouse, Pecker, and Empire Records. Empire Records, I feel like right. needs to be a box right. yes. set. Another Empire twerpy yeah. klepto. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Warren. Yeah. John's such a it's it's cool. Like I said, just hearing his voice when you watch his movies, there's like a double level of enjoyment where you're like watching him. Also, if you've seen his live show, he'll talk about dingleberries to this day. Like he'll be like, <laughs> We aren't saying this enough. And I know that he had a Christmas movie. I've heard him mention in interviews before called Fruitcake. He's been trying to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. How hasn't somebody just given him $5 million to go shoot Fruitcake, the Christmas movie? So actually, Scotty, I know that you and Kurt did a banana show at the Aladdin Theater where I live in Portland. Mm-hmm. And every Christmas uh, or like the, a day or two around Christmas, John Waters has a show at that theater. And it's like a Christmas show, which always surprises me. It's just like, what are you doing here now? Okay, sure. It's a great theater. It's big enough. It's like the perfect size where if you can fill the top and the balcony or the balcony and the the floor seats, you feel like you have a big audience. But it's also not. And it's just a thousand. It's just grungy enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just like it's not pristine. It's it's John Waters level of of grime. Yeah, it's the best. (laughs) It's uh, he. And there's like a lot of cutaway shots where he does a lot of like singles on like the sign that says Hamden or he he does represent Baltimore so well. And like all the names of the restaurants, like the sub pit and there's like a crab place behind the claw machine. Yeah. The claw Mm -hmm. machine. You're like, this is great. They don't exist, but they should exist in Baltimore. The pelt room. The pelt room. The lesbian um, 
the strip scenes are so great where she's just insulting all the guys and they love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's so John Waters too, where it's oh, just yeah. like it's embracing filth. Yes. It's just like, yeah, you know that you're filthy and you know that you love it. Yeah. There's and I the dad's bar, I forget the name of the dad's bar, but in That was the claw machine. That was the claw machine. Okay. Yeah. So in Maryland, after I believe World War II, but it might have been the Korean War, as sort of a way to help uh vets make money coming back from war, they allowed you to build basement bars for a very short amount of time and they licensed them and that bar looks so much like these bars and there's one man who he must have died because he was in his 90s but he was the last guy going who still had a maryland basement bar where you could have a full cash bar and this one dude somewhere in maryland still had one up until like a few years ago but I even think John showing the claw machine it was sort of a basement feeling bar. It's like wood it's panels. It's got the drop ceilings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that feels very Baltimore and very Maryland to me where it was like, hey, guys, if you want to make some extra money after you get off the shift and bartend in your basement, you're illegally allowed to do it. And how did that go away? That would be the most popular thing in the world yeah. right now. It would be uh, so Regulations. Such a, yeah. It's a classy thing to do. Dan, were you gonna were you going to say something before? Um, so, uh, actually I'm going to come back to it in a little bit because okay. what, because as we're talking about like, you know, quintessentially Baltimore things, sure. we need to come back to pit beef Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I need to know more about all of Baltimore loves a pit beef sandwich, according to me, mama. So yes, it's true. <laughs> and they're actually delicious. So, uh, John, you might not enjoy it. I don't think there is a suitable. It's okay. Option. I can, I can hear people talk about pit beef. It's fine. So pit beef is everywhere in maryland and when you live there you don't realize it's nowhere else it's roast beef it i think it's like a top round that is cooked on over charcoal and then they cook it like they do anything else where you can get it a little rarer you can get a little more well done and they slice it pretty thin they put it on what in maryland they call a kaiser roll some places like massachusetts they call it a bulky roll but basically mm. you get it on either a potato bun or a kaiser roll and then if you're, to me, like a purist, you put horseradish and white onion on it. Uh, and then every pit beef place that's like an establishment has like two or three sauces. They'll have a barbecue sauce, they'll have like a tiger sauce, and then they'll have their proprietary sauce. And then it's a big, it's delicious. It's incredibly delicious. But the cool thing about Pecker is if you drive like north of where my parents, they still live in Maryland towards the Pennsylvania border, you'll pass churches that on Sundays they have signs out that say pit beef as a fundraiser and you pull into a parking lot and a few old people are sitting there and the old guy will get up and he'll carve you pit beef. So what she was doing, what the grandma was doing is 100% accurate. People will sell like small side of the road pit beef stands plus then they have restaurants but i've personally in the last year stopped a little place on the side of the road and it's like a pit beef sandwich eight dollars and it's a fundraiser and it's three old people it's fantastic it's so good yeah i think that me mama the way that we saw her prepare it was on like white bread but with the with horseradish it's so good that was mm-hmm. part of it yeah horseradish white one. onion and then whatever sauce you like on it and it is delicious but also, according to me, Mama, sometimes there's things more important than pit beef. <laughs> That's what she says when they're going up to see the, yeah, the see Virgin Mary. Mary yeah. yeah, full of That's grace. Right. That's right. Oh God, she that that actress. I forget what her name is. She's so good. Yeah. She's so perfect Sweet. for that role. Yeah. yeah. What a fun runner. What a dumb sea story of like she's a ventriloquist for a rubber mouth virgin mary statue that starts talking spoilers it's like so fun right yeah and that's gene shirtler by the way who gene shirtler rest in peace beautiful no longer with us gene shirtler unless she's like 110 gene shirtler i bravo then bravo she really was full of grace well when i looked at like her list of credits it seemed like she got into acting late in life and just kind of knocked out a few things. I think she might've done one other John Waters film. Dana, you might have her thing up right now. I think she was also in like runaway bride or something like that. He seemed to have his ensemble of 
characters that he would plug and play. There's some people yeah. popped up all over. And Stacy yeah, Keebler, Patricia Hearst. One time yeah, right. is the blonde on the bus who, uh, right. who turned out to be like a model and dancer and dated George Clooney and married some tech gazillionaire. I was like, is she that was a wrestler? Keebler? She was a wrestler. Oh, really? Yeah. Perfect. Well, I also love the I also love the Cindy Sherman cameo. I uh, I felt like that's kind of like giving it a little bit of like, OK, this is the art world and the photography world putting their stamp of approval on this movie being made, yep. you know, to actually include somebody like Cindy Sherman, um, who's awesome and weird herself. I yeah. love it. I wish I actually think that this one they could remake like the way that the nostalgia, the, the Gen Z nostalgia and shows like 13 Reasons Why, where people are listening to cassette tapes and Stranger Things in every way is so nostalgia porn. Just, I think you could have a character named Pecker that walked around with his camera, and if you just made it like a procedural, you just made it like, yeah, they were like helping solve Baltimore cases of the week. I feel you could do a, <laughs> a Stranger Things type of series based on Pecker pretty easily. There you go. You know, Scotty, that's something that we do on this show is we kind of imagine... Uh, how a legacy of a movie could live on. That's oh, kind of the idea of a ruined goodness. childhood. It's when there's a remake of something, everyone cries, my childhood is ruined. Uh, I don't know if anybody would say that for Pecker, but uh, who's to say? So I, love love your idea. Of it would be a good show. <laughs> revisiting it. I, it's yeah. like a 35 millimeter. You know, it's just the joy of waiting for film to develop yeah. is a, such a lost gift. Yeah. Well, at the time that this came out, I mean, I was in high school and I was taking photography classes. I did that a little bit mm -hmm. into college. And, you know, also being like a, a kid who loved shopping at thrift stores. And, too. you know, I, I just felt like I identified so much with Pecker. And, I, you know, it's kind of a reason why this movie spoke to me so much when I was younger. And uh, I, th I think that I was probably about... 14 when i first saw pink flamingos and became aware of john waters yes. and like once that happened it was just like off to the races yes and um yeah this movie came out and it was uh yeah i don't know i just felt like oh a movie made for me this is great i get that it's a hang it's a yeah. vibe movie it, there, it has a real yeah. feel to it more than anything else it's like if you like the feeling of this movie it's great. Also, how long is this movie? An hour and 30 minutes exactly? Hour yeah, 25? Exactly. It motors. It's brisk. Yeah, I paused it to like get up and do the laundry, like switch the laundry over, and I came back and like hit the button. I was like, oh, there's like 20 minutes left? I was like, oh, God, this movie's <laughs> flying. Yeah, the pelt room had already been closed. Well, that's one of the things I appreciate about it. It doesn't take him that long to realize that all like, you know, the New York art world people, people are all fake and that, you know, he's going to turn the tables on them. And I like that. He kind of he he sees what's up because he's natural. That's who he is. He sees yeah. the things that other people don't see. And and he also like takes action. That's what he does. Such a such a nice character. Yeah. Pecker's yeah. a good guy. We like Pecker. We yeah. like Pecker. And also, we haven't talked about Lily Taylor, who plays Rory, his, I guess, manager. And uh, I don't know. I love Lily Taylor. Me too. We've, we've talked about her on the podcast a yeah. lot. And I, this is such a different Having a moment here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, this was yeah. like, I and feel like the post I shot Andy Warhol, like, right. boom, where people really started to recognize her, her talents. And yeah. I can't think of what I know. She, I know after the year after this was The Haunting, and we don't need to, uh, you know, bring that into it. But. Uh, yeah, she's fantastic. She's wonderful in here as that as the uh, yeah. as gallery owner, gallerist, yes, Rory, yeah, yeah, gallerist. Yeah, she was, but cool. she, you know, and sh I mean, shortly after this, also was we see her in High Fidelity, and uh, right. you know, on this podcast, we talked about her in Mystic Pizza, and mm -hmm. uh, we haven't talked about say, say anything. anything. But she's so no, good but in she that. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a run! Yeah, she seems to do a lot of scary movies these days. She's yeah, it's just to be a working actor like. I, Seeing it now, seeing so many of my peers who are actors, to, to be able to, to say, hey, I was in a movie that was in theaters every year for 26 years. You're like, you what? It, it seems so far gone. It seems impossible. So when you see somebody like that, they're like, oh, they were in three movies that were in theaters every year. And they were always good. Like, Bravo, Lily. She nailed it. Yeah. You know, I was I was looking at the the filmography for and I don't remember his name, but the guy who does play the dad and 
he was in like four movies a year at least. Yeah, like amazing. For like yeah, 15 years. Mark Joy. Oh, it's Mark, Mark Joy. Joy. I remember looking. Yes. Mark Joy. Yeah. Great name. Good Dude stage name, too. Great name. Wonderful. And he's so good in this role. Oh, my God. His fixation on the the legality of showing pubic hair is just amazing. I love how he's talking to about like at the after party for the showing in New York. And he's like, so is, mm-hmm. is it legal to show pubic hair in New York? Like, that's his icebreaker. <laughs> that's his icebreaker. Oh, love him. Yeah. He's the best. Well, something I was thinking about in looking at this movie when it comes out and also just looking at my fandom of John Waters Mm -hmm. and it kind of, this was the last movie of his after this. I remember watching uh, Cecil be demented and a dirty shame Mm -hmm. and feeling like, ah, it's kind of like he's trying. It, it, It felt more. And, and, but I have, I have, perspective on that because i was thinking about like okay well what changed and then it occurred to me like all right well 1998 that's there's something about mary comes out and like the come in the hair gag is totally something that john waters would have been doing 20 years earlier yes so it's kind of like all of a sudden other people are doing you know kind of the the grossness but without the the i guess the same joy that he did it with. So I don't, I just kind of wanted to get your takes on, on that. And like, you know, how do you feel like that, you know, those, uh, that kind of like, you know, gross out humor that, you know, something about Mary really helped kind of break yeah, through sipped his like, ball up in his, yeah, it's, uh-huh. that's a really, yep. I think you just nailed it. I think John probably did move the needle and moved it and affected it in a way that you could get away with more stuff where it's also like, Weird Al Yankovic. I think about him more than the average person because I remember him. No, you first- don't. N- not in this conversation. <laughs> well, not in this room. <laughs> well, we might not be the average person. We, yeah. uh, but like he was Weird Al, and now what he yeah. is is not weird at all. So like he's just stayed around long enough where it's just like then you have the Tim and Eric awesome shows, and you have like you know Geico making zany commercials, and now it's just like hey, that's just regular. Al Yankovic. He's just a, yeah. he, he's, a he's got a cool Regular personality, Al. but like in the eighties, he was weird and wacky. Yeah. And I think John did the same thing where it's like, yeah, it, you know, we've gone from divine eating a dog turd and pink flamingos to two girls, one cup. And then now whatever we see, we're like, honestly, this sounds boring and I don't need to see this anymore. I, I think he was a true indie writer and director who did move the needle. But I think your point, Dan, about something about Mary, it's very John Waters-esque. It, a lot of the Fairley Brothers movies are now that I'm... I mean, Kingpin, if that was in Baltimore, oh, it would have been Pin. called Duckpin, yeah. and it would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that... Yeah. one Another thing that needs to be mentioned while talking about John Waters and his influence is also like trauma films yeah sure uh scott were you really into the trauma movies i called you scott not scotty that that's okay weird. uh were you into the trauma movies let me let me do one thing because i'm going to show you that's a great question and i have a new office i'm going to show you something real quick give me one second oh, oh wonderful exciting so yeah i was into the trauma films and i had an opportunity to have dinner with uh lloyd kaufman and he gave nice. me a toxic Avengers poster oh but he signed it, and it says, Yo, Scotty, stay toxic, XO Lloyd Kaufman, a.k.a. Uncle Lloydy. And so I'm Love waiting him. for a frame for this. Be- and Beautiful. The, I had a, the girl I was dating at the time, I, we went together to meet Lloyd and his wife, and she didn't understand why I was so starstruck because i've met yeah. you know so many people i was working in tv already i was like writing tv shows and writing movies but to meet lloyd kaufman for dinner i was like a, i was just a deer in the headlights how did that happen um i, I it was like somebody knew how much i liked trauma films and he was in town and he was trying to meet younger people like actors and writers Basically, probably to exploit them in the way that trauma does, like, you know, get them to work for no money and endless. Right. 
and the woman I was dating was an actress. I was like a new writer out here. And so like a, somebody told Lloyd, you should meet these two. And we went and we were in West Hollywood and we laughed and he, there's a photo of me and we're like, our heads are together and we're hugging each other and smiling. And I'm like, got to get this framed. So yeah, oh, the trauma, God, John great. Waters effect. And also me just being from Baltimore County and just North of Baltimore. It, it had a humongous impact on the way I approach all comedy writing. Yeah. Did, uh, did you read Lloyd's book? All I need to know about filmmaking. I learned from the toxic Avenger. I'm sure you yes. did. I yes. loved that book. That was so good. It's great. Um, yeah. So uh, when I was about to graduate from high school in 2001, uh, I actually had an internship lined up at Troma. Whoa. And I remember like Whoa. going to Hell's Kitchen, going to the yeah. Troma office and like seeing all of the the props and everything there. And, and Lloyd was there and I met Lloyd. And uh, unfortunately, like... I think that there was a a big shift going on at the time. I think a bunch of people left and started their own thing. Yes. So the the internship fell fell flat. Didn't happen. But uh, at least I got to go to the office. At least I got to uh, maybe not get exploited with with uh, free labor. Yeah. So no. At least it, there's that. But but Lloyd is a you know is is a pioneer kind of. And I feel yeah. like I feel like uh, John Waters is kind of like Lloyd Kaufman who like went to art school and just met. Uh, divine and yeah. uh, you know like they just kind of come from like the same they're cut from the same cloth i guess yes and uh you know in talking about this uh you know the theme of you know sensationalizing filth uh yeah the farrelly brothers definitely kind of took that and dan to to what you were saying before i feel like a dirty shame is kind of you're you're totally spot on. That always felt to me. I mean, Johnny Knoxville is in yeah. it. It's yeah. got Selma Blair with the big boobs and yeah. everything. I, it definitely felt a little different. I felt like Cecil B. Demented still had the John Waters heart mm-hmm. to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it just felt darker to me than like mm-hmm. the going like Pecker. Even Serial Mom has like they're very sure. bright Fun movie movies. Yeah. Crybaby. Yeah. Crybaby, like, yeah, yeah, they're 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 bright, they're upbeat, and I felt Cecil B. Demented was like angry, <laughs> which it, it oh, it's might, totally probably angry. was, <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like this. It's the same, a similar type of version of like Pecker, where it's a commenting about you know what is art and uh, you know who is to say what it, like what happened to like the quality work and mm-hmm. you know what's the purpose of it anymore, and it's mm-hmm. it's a similar theme there. Uh, yeah. Cecil B. Demented. I think that for all of us, you know, film nerds, that one was just like candy, <laughs> yeah, like dirty, greasy candy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crybaby was shot. The some exteriors were at the high school in my town in Reisterstown, and then they there's a quarry where they're swimming and the like, rope swinging. There's some scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's at Milford Mill, which is an actual abandoned quarry that filled with water, and it's like a swim club where they did have pools, a, a few different pools. But then they had these platforms like 30 feet off the water with zip lines and rope swings and then Tarzan ropes and a cliff you could jump off of. And when you would go there, people would always be like, you know, they shot a lot of crybaby here. And we, I was like too mm. young to know what that was. But it's like going back and watching that, you're like, it's hard to make a movie. And now with technology, it's so easy. Like the fact that you can just go yeah. get an HD camera for pretty cheap and get editing software for free and just... You could make a movie, but these guys were setting up film cameras at places like Milford Mill Quarry and having to deal with permitting and weather. So it's like they, they were true indie. I want to make films and show them for my friends, and they did it. And it's hard yeah. to replicate now because everything's just yeah. – you have access. You can just do it. They got the guy from 21 Jump Street, and they're just like, we're making a fucking movie, and we're going gorilla. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. My Love God. It. Hey, Dan, when you and I were first uh, talking about covering this movie, you told me that you have certain lines from Pecker that like are kind of always running through your mind. I'm curious to know what some of those are. What some oh, of those were. well, not that they're always running through my mind, because one of them is, is just like the no t- teabagging is strictly prohibited here. At the, uh, you know, there's that line. I remember making Palace. I remember. Yes, thank you. I remember making a mixtape. Back in like 99, 2000 
for this. I was uh, doing traveling children's theater, and we would just be in a van for the hours opposite a day. Of John Waters. So I just made this. Uh, um, this it smelled quite filthy. Uh, but it made these made these mixtapes, and I would like hook up like to my. I forget how I did it, but I had like movie clips playing like from the VCR to the, yeah. you know, um, pretty good. Just because I was like, I need to get these movie clips on here because I'm constantly saying these lines to people and nobody hears them. And it's like, I can't make it as like Martha Plimpton is just funny. You don't need context. You just laugh. So, yeah, yeah there's there's uh, that that one. Um, All of Baltimore loves a pit beef sandwich. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very yeah. quotable movie and also the soundtrack of this movie is fantastic it's just like a bunch of random country singers singing about Baltimore I, it was right. so fun to go back and watch this movie because I what I remembered it's funny what you remember you know it's funny I probably yeah. saw it when it first came out and it's like I remembered all the photography I remember the laundromat I remember going to New York I remember the gallery show and like the speech afterwards. And then I didn't really, and the, the strip club stuff too. Cause when I saw it, I was like young. So to see like sure, the lesbian yeah. strippers and then the gay strip clubs. And, but I, I had forgotten, I would say 70% of the movie. So it was so fun to see it again. I feel like there were a lot of like shots in the movie that were just about as memorable as like a lot of the quotes and they're just like meaningless shots, you know, when they're doing the shopping for others and Matt has the like preparation H and he kind of like yes. rotates it in a tight shot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that, it was like, I, that's packs. just burned yeah, in my brain. That's right. Yeah. Oh God, it's so good. The preparation H was it? There's yeah. nothing wrong with my butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shopping for other people. It's a fun gag. It's like a scene that doesn't yeah. need to be in any movie, but that's why it's so fun. It's just, it wouldn't be in another movie. It would get cut from a studio movie. And then you're like, yeah, I'd leave it in. It's John Waters. But it also answers the question for the people who are looking to poke holes in it of like, oh, that's how he affords all the film. Mm-hmm. Matt steals it for him. Mm-hmm. So at least there's that. Mm. Uh, yes. So, so oh, Scotty, you shared with us. Oh, Dan, go for it. Sorry, I, one more, one more, one more line that I that I love to do is every now and again sh- um, shout out and and here's to the end of irony or and to the end of irony. Yeah, yeah good line. Towards Just the end randomly of the movie, to the right? end of anything. I think it's like the very last line or yes. something. Yes, yeah. to the end of irony. Yes, I loved that. It's so funny, and I love the guy who who the way he delivers it. It's pitch perfect. Yeah. No, he's he's fantastic. He's the the curator at the Whitney. Um, so uh, Scotty already shared with us kind of an idea of doing a, a bit of a series involving Pecker. Dan, what would you do to kind of like bring this back nowadays? Oh man, yeah, I was was definitely thinking about that and thinking about just kind of the changes, but also how a lot of kind of like Scotty, you were saying before, how a lot of people are now going back and going retro and like. You know, everyone loves vinyl and like you can right. buy Polaroid cameras and like my nine year old has a Polaroid camera. So thinking uh, a, a sequel that picks up however many years later, I'm not doing math right now, uh, but a, a sequel that picks up and kind of shows where everybody is. And I was thinking about like where they would fit in. 2024 and i'm thinking pecker's dad owns a dispensary now and sure like like maybe pecker and shelly are just in these jobs where they feel you know what are we doing and they just decide to like give it all up and go go analog shelly's shelly's still at the laundromat you know that Shelly is probably still at the, or, or Shelly has her like a new laundromat. Like there is a, like Shelly has innovated laundromats and has become yeah. like the Uber laundrom- for laundry or something. Like the, the, whatever, like the Martha Stewart of laundromats. Mm-hmm. And she has just brought into a whole, like she's got a chain of national franchise of laundromats. Um, like little Chrissy being, I mean, it's funny cause they, dentist. I was reading yeah. in our dentist. dentist. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tina, I don't know what Tina's up to, but it's going to be great cause she's Tina. Uh, so revisiting everybody and I mean, just like coming back to these characters, I think would be 
would be fun. I don't necessarily know how you would do it. And I don't see John Waters necessarily jumping to make a sequel to <laughs> any of his work. Um, the other, the other thought that I had in, in not necessarily, cause it, it is really hard to, uh, you know, have do his movies in any other way. And I know hairspray became a musical and that was probably the most flexible one. And Crybaby mm-hmm. was a musical and yeah. not as successful as, as a stage show, but I would just love to see a movie about John Waters and about how he yeah. became the artist he became and would love to see like what he went through trying to make fl- pink flamingos. And I mean, like divine, that could be a, you know, an, an Oscar role for somebody there. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, other than that, I like, cause it's, it's hard because how do you have somebody who's not John Waters do John Waters? Right. It would be a so cool video feels- game too. I'm not a gamer, but I would be cool oh. to be a character that you have to like a peaceful video game, like sort of, one of those games where you just kind of get lost in an immersive world. But if you could just walk mm. around Baltimore and you had to snap certain photos of certain events happening at certain times yeah. and certain people, like I would get lost oh, yeah. just walking around and being like, okay, you have to get a junkie who stole your dad's radio. And so you just have to wander around until you see a guy with your dad's radio and snap a picture of him. And then that, that yes. mission was completed. That'd be very peaceful. Oh, well, that's a yeah. VR. Uh, that sounds like a great, uh, great oh, yeah. little VR the, thing. And you could cool. still call the, the, it a first. You could still market it as a first person shooter. That's the, right. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, that's the, uh, good. The boss would be getting something through the tiny uh, window at the pelt room. Yeah, you have to get. What if you have to shoplift? <laughs> you have to get full beaver or whatever. Oh, That'd be yeah, great. you definitely have to do. Well, yeah, in order to replenish your supply of film, you have to do shopping for others. That's that's mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. That would be great. And then when you wanted to like move on, you had to you would have to go to John's house and drop off your film and then you could yeah. like shut the game down. It would save all your progress. I mean, that seems <laughs> like a game that I would play. Like a Baltimore Mist. Sure. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That'd be it's kinda of, well, it's kinda of like it's kinda of like the Spider Man video games, because I think that in some of those you have to like take pictures because he's a you know, really? photojournalist. So it's Is kind it? of like Spider-Man, but it's Baltimore and you're completely on the ground and you're Edward Furlong. That would be so nice. That would be a, such a peaceful game to walk around yeah. and just take photos of, of John Waters-esque things. You're like, hey, check off these 200 things. And you're like, okay, this, yeah. this is going to take me a year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. uh, all right. So so I had this idea and Scotty, feel free to write this or sure. any anybody out there who's listening who's a writer can write this. Okay. So it is a, a fantasy, I guess kind of a Pleasantville-esque type of movie where somebody gets uh, zapped into the world of John Waters, mm. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... And, you know, similar to the video game, but like you're you're having to kind of navigate this world where it's like, oh, shit, I'm in pink flamingos. And I, I've, you know, I'm with these people who are licking all this furniture and there's some guy with a gaping asshole. And, uh, you know, maybe you're you're swinging, you're swinging from ropes in the quarry with the, the crybaby crew. Yeah. And oh, the only you have way to you- join the Cecil B. Demented crew to like make their film. The only way you this. can get out of pink flamingos is to eat the turd. great yeah wow yeah it's a journey through the mind and films of john waters called unpleasant and they would love unpleasant they'd say yeah let's do it that's you nailed it right there it turns out the john waters cinematic universe is very fun playground to have pretty much any media run through i think so and uh you know he hasn't I mean, he's appeared in things more recently, and he, of course, does live appearances, but, you know, he hasn't directed anything in a while, I believe, and um, he's got... I think that... He published a novel. Yeah, he does a lot of books. He published a few books. Right. I read them all. They're great. He's trying to get a production off the ground of one of his novels, uh, Liar Mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I have... I I mean, according to... Which would be great. According to Wikipedia, the most legitimate source for information on the internet, uh, that is like his. If he's going to have a next pro- project, that's going to be it. Well, I would just hate for uh, you know John Waters fandom to 
not exist in future generations. So I hope that his his work lives on. It's strange that nobody steps up and funds this movie. Like they make oh, that that's so strange to me that the people that he knows that a Leonardo DiCaprio's production company won't step up and give John Waters yeah. a ten million dollar budget to make this movie. And yeah. because if ever because it's yeah. his last one, we're doing a limited release in five major cities. They would do would great. Kill. Everybody would go. Or even if it's straight to streaming, you know, there'd be there's an audience for it. Yeah, that's inter- it's an in- there's something else going on. I I don't know what it is because that seems so obvious. Just to make one more. Yeah. 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 Uh well, I I want to get to what we're going to be talking about on our next episode, but before we do that, Scotty, I want to talk about some of the uh the many things that you have going on, including your ambitions to pet a hundred dogs this year yes. and doing the dry yes. sixty nine. Do you want to talk about some of those little wacky things you got going on? Yeah, so I'm uh yes, I'm nice. uh. So I have a podcast called Bananas. It's a strange news podcast with my best buddy. This Kurt. is a seltzers. This yeah. Is a, you know, dry 69ing over here. With my best buddy, Kurt Brownoller, who's a great stand-up comedian and actor. And we basically, we like to insert absurdity into the world. So my New Year's resolutions this year, I, I last year I tried to see a ghost. You know, two years ago I tried to see a ghost and I, I looked everywhere and I stayed at five or six haunted hotels and just, I really tried to see one and I didn't see one. And, Maybe I was trying too hard. And then yeah. last year, I wanted to go bobsledding, and I actually found an Olympic... I, I will be going bobsledding. I just didn't get it done nice. in one year, and I'm, it's going to be in Salt Lake City, which will be great. Um, but this year, I had two that I wanted something that was a little easier than seeing a ghost or or bobsledding. And so I, I pledged to pet 100 dogs, and we have a website called scottysgettingpetting.dog. I just pet one tonight named Allie. So I've done 10 in January. And so I have 90 more dogs to pet. Um, People in LA and in Southern California have been requesting me for like, come meet them at a coffee shop and pet their dog or come to this brewery and there's going to be six dogs. So now I'm going to really start to stack stack some dogs and some pets up. And then the Dry 69 is... Um, everybody takes like sober January and I thought it'd be more interesting to go 69 days without drinking alcohol. So I made bumper stickers for anybody who go take 69 days off consecutively from alcohol that say I have mastered the dry 69 and I've already mailed three because we had three pregnant women be like, well, I haven't had a drink in five months. I'm like, you know what? It counts. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for not drinking during your pregnancy. They made that choice. That's right. So it's, I made, they're going to have that bumper sticker next to a baby on board sticker and that's going to be worth it. That's I know. And then at, last night I was at dinner and I was explaining this to some people that hadn't heard of the dry 69. And they're like, you should actually make bumper stickers, too, that say um, I have failed. I have failed to complete the dry 69. And I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, but the. The steps that it takes, what you want people is to read this in traffic and go, what? And then never think about it ever again. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I made 50. I, I know that at least 30 are on their way. And I hope everybody, if anybody wants to do the Dry 69, follow us at Bananas Podcast on Instagram and I'll send you one. And the Bananas Podcast, you have a new website, which looks we great. We do, bananaspodcast.com. Yeah. And that yes. was useful for all our... We tour, which is nice. And you must yeah. have come to a show if you have a beer koozie, because uh, I throw them I at the came last to, only. Yeah, I, I came to, to one. I'm hoping to come... I don't know if it's sold out, the Portland show you just announced. I know the old Dan, church. Dan's yeah. in Seattle, and he said that the uh, Seattle out. one sold out. Yeah, sold we out. sell out pretty fast now, which is nice. And Isn't we're that at nuts? The old, it's nuts. We get yeah. 300, 200 to 300. To, our, uh, the Aladdin was sold out, so that was 430 or whatever. And so yeah. we are very fortunate that people like to be silly and want to come out and just have a good time and not hear about politics or guns or um yeah. anything that just makes them feel like the world is ending so that's sort of our specialty the opposite no 
Yeah, you guys are so much fun. We laugh and laugh and laugh. We laugh and laugh and laugh. Well, I'm sorry, Dan. We'll be back. But yeah, the Portland show at the Old Church is April 19th, I believe. And I think there are still some tickets available. Not Cool. I got to check my calendar. I was just thinking I might apply for a job at the venue and just see if I could kind of get in. Then I would quit after that night. That's such a good idea. Forget your full-time job. Come on out. Uh, I mean, they could pay me to see the show. There you go. Just bring a box of bananas and say you're with us, and then we'll toss them out at the beginning of the show. If if you walk confidently enough with a box of bananas, what are they going to do? Like, hey, yeah, I think the act like they ordered these and then just come backstage. I'm like, this guy's cool. He can stay. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Fine with me. I won't kick you out. Order. Um. Yeah. Bananas is fun, but that's it. Yeah. The dry sixty nine and petting one hundred dogs this year, and everybody's like, those are rookie numbers or whatever people say online when they're pissed oh, and i'm like on. well i don't have to stop at 100 i could pet 1000 yeah. dogs you just gotta have yeah. an attainable goal that's what happiness is all about for sure so yeah and then of course everybody needs to watch the machine on yes. netflix and uh, i don't think that ma is streaming anywhere now so go buy it Oof. and any workaholics any other shows that you've worked on oh, yeah. Oh yeah, all Misery Index, look Workaholics, at, but uh, yeah. yeah, they're Who's all America? Fun. Who is yeah. America? Yeah. Bad Ideas yeah. um, is on Roku right now, and people seem to like that travel show. But yeah, Ma was is Ma not on Netflix? That'd be such a bummer if it oh, wasn't. Oh, I it I went to go watch it. It wasn't there. I know it was there recently. There. It, yeah, it was crushing this fall. So maybe they'll just put it I out think every October. Of Halloween. And you know what? Yeah, sounds good to me. I don't want I want yeah. people to feel like they missed out on it. You have to wait for Mocktober. Um, and go. I actually my next movie, I can't talk about it too much, but my this this will really bring it on home for this podcast is I'm, I'm working on uh, it's already written and it's Christina Ricci's directing her first movie and it's my script and it's a thriller. And that's probably all I can say wow. about it, but we're going to shoot it this year and it'll be out next year. Shut up. That's amazing. <laughs> So, you heard it here first. Yes, yeah, so probably. The, see, probably. the won't mentioned, probably rated R thriller, definitely thriller. Uh, is Christina and I have been talking for a year, and it's already she loved the movie, and she's just so successful with Yellow Jackets and everything. Yellow Jackets is so good. Wednesday, yeah. So, have, but you're going to probably talk- shoot it next winter. Have you guys talked about Pecker at all? No, I haven't talked no. about. The the only way you you advance in old Hollyweird is you just sit there and you're polite and you act like you're meeting them for the first time, and then later yeah, when you become I, buds, you go. Sure, Pecker's one of my favorite. I've also movies. heard that uh, she doesn't necessarily speak about it so favorably. So, well, she's cool. Maybe uh, it's not her favorite subject, but she, all I could say is she's like when I first met her for this project, I was like, oh, she's exactly who I hope she'd be, and she's great. So it's very oh, that's good. pretty. Th- I've always, I've always thought that she was awesome. She's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything she's in, that, yeah. yeah, everything she's in, she's great. So yeah, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll wait until the movie's shot, and then I'll be like, you know, I really like Pecker. I thought you were great. <laughs> Give her a bottle of Zout. Tell her it gets rid of stains. Yeah, a bag of Utz potato yeah. chips, and be like, hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> like <a> that. <laughs> So, uh, so Dan, on our next episode, we're we're traveling a little bit. Do you want to tell everyone what we're doing? Yeah, we're heading up I ninety five to Massachusetts, and we're gonna get a little witchy with Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, directed yeah. by James Signorelli and starring the great Cassandra Peterson as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, co starring Edie McClurg. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. that's gonna be a yeah. Good so one. everybody. Give it a listen. Uh, so, Scotty, what we do at the end of each episode, are you familiar with the movie Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. So uh, if you're 80s, familiar. Yes. Yeah. So in that movie, they always they never say goodbye. They say good journey. So uh, to the to the two of you, as you are uh, traveling from the Whitney to come see a show at Pecker's Place, I wish you both a good journey. And a good, good journey. journey to you, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Long live thanks Maryland. So much. And thanks for talking about Pecker with me. Hell yeah. Thanks for joining us.